Um, what I want to start today is actually to just start um, with just, if you ever want to just close their eyes and just tune in for a minute. Because he's so here and his presence is so here. And I don't want to do this without God. And I'm hoping that everything that I say will be interpreted through him to you. So let's just turn our affection towards him for a second. And just take a, take a moment to just be in his presence and to experience who he is and who you know him to be. Think about the attributes and the personality of God and how you've encountered him and what he said to you and his love for you and the games that you've played and the deep things that you've um, gone through, the places you've walked through and the fullness of who God has been, is and will be for you. And then I just want you to feel his arms around you as you wrap around presence and feel his heart for you and how he sees you and his words to you. Okay, so for today, I always preach out of my journal, but this feels like very much preaching. I've pretty much just copied what was in here onto my notes, and I'm hoping you'll kind of follow along with me with my thoughts a bit, because I haven't really formulated this a whole lot with the busyness of this week. So... Um, I'm going to preach off of a thought that the Lord gave me that really impacted me. And I'm hoping that you'll be able to interpret the thought with me and be able to unpack it in your life as well a bit with me. Um, so it came out of about probably about two, couple months ago, um, this kind of process with the Lord started. Or I started identifying something that God was actually doing in me and around me, which I hadn't really realized up until that point. Um, I realized throughout this year, I'd just been battling with fear. We're in a lot of different areas. And um, I kind of compartmentalized it with, um, oh, there was that situation, but it resolved itself. And then there was this. And I got to the point where I was like, Lord, I'm actually tired. Because if it's not this, it's that. And if it's not that, it's something else. And I just had this thing. I was like, I've been actually just afraid for a long period of time about different things. And I'm just tired and something else came up and I was like, and I had that to like get afraid about it. And I just, you know, when you just feel like you've got no strength left to fight anything. And I was like, I can't do this again. Um, and it got to a point where I, I woke up one morning and I went to my parents. I was like, I think you need to pray for me because I've actually identified this is, this is an attack on me. And I kind of separated. I was like, oh, it's that person's thing. It's this. And I'm, I'm praying for them and this is going on and this is going on. I'd separated out all of these things, and I just had this moment where I realized, this isn't about other people, this is me, this is an attack on me, on my peace, and on who I want to be, and I started thinking, like, I don't want to be under this, I don't want to be the kind of person that just, the instant reaction is to fear things, or to battle fear, I don't want to be that, this is coming after me, and I actually need to cut this off right now, so I went to my parents, and I, you know, started praying through some stuff, with them and then that day I was actually going to visit a friend and to we were driving quite far so I got into my car and I was like okay Lord we need to chat <laughs> and up until that point I hadn't really wanted to talk to the Lord you know when you kind of get yourself into a little bit of a eh, and you're like hey I don't want to because hey it's like I know what you're gonna say <laughs> or I'm kind of afraid of what you're gonna say actually like I don't really want to process this and I think that's actually just um, a demonic ploy that cuts you off from your 
your biggest part of power, which is connection, that part of that real in the thing, it's that connection with the Lord. And we, the enemy will get you to believe lies about what will happen when you get into the presence of God just to keep you from getting there because that's where the solutions are actually found. Um, and I knew this, but yeah, I got in the car, I was like, okay, oh, hi. And also, you know when you know it's going to be quite a long conversation and I'm like, yo. So I got in my car, I was like, okay, Jesus, let's, 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 start, let's start processing some things. And I was like, okay, I'm coming. I'm going to lay it out. I'm going to tell you what I'm afraid of happening because sometimes you don't even want to voice your fears. You don't want to speak them out loud. And so I was like, okay, this is what I'm afraid of. What do you say about that? This is what I'm afraid of. What do you say? What, what is your perspective on this? And um, so I started this conversation and this, this thought came to me and I believe that it was the Lord speaking to me and he said, um, and I just had this thing of like, I often think, like, what is the opposite of fear? You would say peace. Well, I would be like, oh, well, it's opposite of fear is peace. But I'll say no. A peace might be the opposite emotion of fear, but the opposite action of fear is trust. Because fear is an action. I can sit on this couch and I can be actively fearing, but you don't really, you're not actively peacing, you know. You, don't, you can't force peace. You can't be like, oh, I'm feeling afraid. I'm now going to be peaceful. It never works. <laughs> ever. How often has someone said, I think you just need to calm down. Has that ever worked? <laughs> ever. <laughs> you just need to calm down. I'll show you calm. <laughs> so the opposite action of fear is actually trust and I think that if you put your your trust in the Lord and you put your trust in something the outworking of that trust results in peace which is the opposite emotion to fear and so I started just like meditating on that and being like okay wow this is this is that's that's very very true in, in these situations if I fear often means I'm I feel out of control that's usually why you're afraid is because you're out of control um, in many different situations whether it be a family member whether it be yourself whether it be someone else you're not in control and because you can't make it go like this this you start getting into fear um, and trust so if if fear is what if trust is even if um, and um, wow. <laughs> and I was like okay Lord, if I just, if I go, even if, if I go, even if, even if, I still trust you, you're still good, you're still this, it, it, I trust the Lord and I take on even if, and as I do that, I find my fear coming down and my peace just going up as I, as I just meditate on that. And I realize like, <laughs> if you're not, if you're not trusting God, you're not going to have peace. And if you do have peace and you're not trusting God, you're trusting in something else, you know, to get you there. And usually those things run out pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> peace is the result of trust, and fear is separation from trust. So um, an illustration of this, which I thought was pretty great, like, KB, I think we were actually even talking about it at, at one point, about different bridges that you would cross over. <laughs> so if I walk across a bridge on the N2, I'm really not going to be afraid. I'm going to I'll look at the view. I'll probably even stick my head over, you know, take some pictures and carry on going. Um, if there's a rickety rope bridge, far less, <laughs> far less.
far less peace is going to be involved there. I'm going to be a little bit more afraid. So I've just, I've got something to illustrate my point here. This is maybe unnecessary, but oh my goodness, I just think it's great. I mean, how hard can that be? It's just a straight plummet to certain death. This looks kind of precarious. Well, don't have to worry. Obviously, when they build a bridge like this, they take into account that elephants will be crossing here. All right, feeling good? I'll just get things in life where you look at it and you're like that looks kind of precarious <laughs> and they're like <laughs> trying to trying to make your way across and at some point you get halfway there and the road falls there's no way back it's just there and you're still things still moving on and what i also found interesting about this can you tell i'm a preacher's daughter i can preach your fourth years but at some point his fear disappeared and he was going and he thought oh blue Danube all the way over the end with my little however it wasn't really the case it was still pretty dangerous what he was doing with his little balloon trunk there but he really trusted in that air he really did and it took his fear away and it actually enabled him to all the way across there however if you're not trusting in Jesus your air will run out at some point <laughs> so the only way you get the opposite emotion um, to fear is by trust and the peace will follow because you have let go of your own strength, your own striving, your own need for control, and you've put it into God's control. Um, I know that um, 
last year, I think mom's spoken about it a lot. We, as a family, went through a bit of a rough patch. Um, we were battling with a lot of different warfare, and I won't go into the whole story, but there was a lot going on. And at one point, I remember having this conversation with mom where we were like, Lord, if you could just tell us, Lord, like, when this would be over, and that that it would end. Like, that would just would bring a lot of peace, and we'd just, we'd just like to know. And I remember saying to him, I was like, yeah, but if, if he told you that, you wouldn't be trusting in him anymore. You'd be trusting in the timeline. You'd be like, okay, cool. Thanks for that, Lord. I'm just going to take my trust, put it in this. I know if I can just get through to June, I'm going to be fine. And you actually don't have to live by the day-to-day trust of like, but you know what, God, you're still good, and even if, I will still be fine. Um. And then the second thing the Lord started speaking to me about this is like, Jess, you spend so much time on the problem, trying to fix the problem. Even it's like, I'm going to foster trust in my heart. I'm going to trust God so that this problem will be fixed. And my focus is still the problem. And the trust is the solution to the problem. And all of the good things God's put in my life is actually to zone in on what the enemy is doing in my life and i'm still so focused on fixing this to the point where um i'm so totally consumed by the problem and i'm zoomed into it with the very best of intentions um but even that constant praying for peace i'm still focused on what the enemy's doing in my life and he's still got all of my attention on this thing and i just started thinking like what if what if i just took all of this energy that i'm using to try and fix What's going wrong in my life? What if I used all of that energy and I used it to build trust in general in my life and just focus on, 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 on a blanket statement? This is what I'm doing. Um, and to, yeah, to foster trust in my heart and to say, you know what, Lord, I'm not thinking about the problem. I'm not thinking about what I'm afraid of or what's giving me anxiety, those kinds of things. But saying, Lord, I trust you. You are trustworthy. Um, you have my family, you've got my finances, you've got my situation, you've got all of these things, you've got all of these things. And actually, even if you don't have a problem at this point in your life, if you don't have something, I mean, yay for you, Latin but um, to build up fortresses in a time of peace is something else that you can do, you know? It's, and even in, a, even in a time of war, you're actually building up a fortress so that you're not going out there to the problem and fighting and then running back. Actually, you're like, no, you can come at me, but you're not going to get far because look at the trust that I've built in my life. And you're actually just building up these fortresses in the, in, in the time of peace. And to decide to trust God and then watch as the, as the peace actually invades those spaces. So as you build up peace in general in your life in these spaces, you watch as, as that goes, it'll just naturally flow into that problem area. It'll flow into that area. It'll flow into that area. And you'll see those giants fall and those things crumble. As you say, no, this is where I am. This is where I live. And those things aren't a part of me. They're not a part of this, so they're not a part of me. Um, and to say, you know what? No matter what happens... God is in control, and his love is perfect, and I will be okay. And um, I think the lie that then comes to me is that uh, the enemy will, is he sneaky? And he'll come and be like, yeah, but do you know that other one friend of yours is in a similar situation, and then you'd see what happened with her, and then this, and then that, and then where was God? And there was also that other guy, you know, your your cousin's sister's husband's sister's son, who had that one problem, and then, and you kind of sit there, and you're just shooting holes in your boat. (laughs) <laughs> you really are because the Lord said to me like yes but because I was thinking of like different people that had in a sense lived my worst nightmare 
And I was like, but like, where were you, God? What were you doing? How can I trust? But then this. He said, Jess, but you, don't, you weren't in that situation. You don't know the grace that I gave that person. You don't know what I was doing. You don't know anything about the road that they walked in that thing and how they got out. You know nothing. But you know me and you know me for you. So like, which, which God are you trusting in? This one? This picture you've painted of me because of someone else's circumstances or the one that I, you know me to be? You know, you have to trust that I have got the word over your life and don't shoot holes in your boat with other people's things because you don't know what the journey they've walked and the grace that they have to walk through it and what God's actually doing in their life. Um, and um, he basically said to me in my little car ride, he said, it comes down to this, Jess, you don't trust me. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the M5, Lord. <laughs> true there were certain areas that i was like oh, i trust you jesus but this one i'm gonna keep here <laughs> this one i'm not i'm 100 sure that i like what you're gonna do with this potentially and i think it's gonna be better off if i just keep this one <laughs> um, and realizing the areas that i have the most fear in are the areas that i don't trust god in that i don't trust him with um, and that was just a real kick up the butt. <laughs> Yo. Um, and then I started thinking, like, well, why can I trust God? And God is love. God is perfect love. That's who he is. God is love. And he's perfect love. And perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love is something that you can trust. Right? Perfect love. If someone loves you perfectly, you can trust perfect love. Um, and if I truly trust in the love of God for me, I will not fear. Because it's even if, no matter what happens, no matter what goes, God perfectly loves me. I've got perfect love on my side. Like, honestly, think about it. Like, what is there to be afraid of? It, there's nothing. Everything else falls, falls to the ground. Where you're like, you know what? Even if the worst thing happens, somehow I'm going to still be perfectly loved and I'm going to be okay. And the Lord even said to me, he's like, you Jess, even if everything goes to hell in a handbasket and you die, you're going to wake up in heaven. And then, because we just get so zoned in on this part, when you forget about eternity and you realize, you know what? In the end, everything's going to be absolutely fine, even if the worst of the worst of the worst happens. Um, so perfect love is something that you can trust. Um, and I realize, yeah, like I said, areas of my life not are often, not always, um, but are often an indicator that distrust has crept in. A place where you say to the Lord, I don't trust that you are going to look after me here. I don't trust that you're going to look after me here. Um, and um, another example of this is we, our, our whole family got COVID quite early on in the whole COVID thing. So it was kind of when it was a little bit more scary than it is now. Praise the Lord. And it was quite scary. And to put it into context, we had some friends of ours and who lost, he lost his brother and his brother's wife, and they, their teenage son was orphaned within the space of two weeks. And this happened probably two weeks before our family got COVID. So that set the stage for me when I'm looking at my parents, because I was fine by the time my parents got sick. I was looking after my parents, and I thought, oh, hang. <laughs> this is an opportunity for trust, boys. And I remember going to bed. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> and so I remember <laughs> I remember going to bed one night and I tucked my parents into bed, got them their water bottles, their pills, and I'd gone back. And I remember just being like, they're fine now. Are they going to be okay tomorrow? And I got myself into a real flap. Um, and I said to the Lord, I was like, Jesus, I just need you to heal them. Please, Lord, I just need you to heal them. And um, the Lord said, well, do you trust me? And I said, well, I'm trusting that you are going to heal them. The <laughs> 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 Lord was like, well, no, can you? He said, no, Jess, can you just trust me? Can you let go? Can you actually just let go, even of your parents, of everything? Can you let go? Do you trust me with your parents? I, like, I trust you to heal them. <laughs> I know this is your will for them, Lord. I know the promises over our life. I'm trusting you for this. And then I said, no, Jess. <laughs> Do you trust me, not outcomes? And I said, no. <laughs> no, I said, okay, okay. And I just had this moment of surrender. I said, okay, you know what, Lord, I trust you. I trust your character. I trust your goodness. I trust your favor. I trust your love for me. And I just trust you. And that actually set me free of like trying to, what we do, control God. Because when you say to God, you're like, God, I need it to happen just like this. Um, or I will be afraid. You know, like if you don't do it like this, then I'm going to get scared. And it's essentially saying, God, I need you to do exactly what I say. Because in order for me to be at peace, I need to be in control. And I have to control the outcomes here because I don't actually trust that your plan for me is better than my plan for me. <laughs> and that's what it is. Essentially, it's like, I need you to do this because this is what's going to make me feel peaceful. And if you don't do this, we're going to have a little problem. I need to be in control. And that's my same thing. Like fear, being out of control, trying to get the control back. You're trying to actually control God and these kinds of things. And I just realized, you know, if I don't repent for my distrust, um, I'm not ripping fear out by the roots and I'll find it cropping up in other areas. So I might deal with it in one area, but it'll, if I still have got distrust in my heart, it's going to crop up in other places. And I was like, you know, it's like pulling a mole up out of your lawn and being like, ah, oh, sorted that out. Put the mole down, put the mole, mole down on your lawn, fix the mole hill, and then wonder why you still got mole hills, you know? Um, and if we are not programmed for peace, there will always be opportunities to fear. Um, and sometimes... The only equipment that you actually need is to just say, Lord, if I know nothing else, I know you. And that's what, that's the tool that I've been using a lot is like, God, you know, in this whole situation, if I know nothing else, I know you. Um, and I think that's why it's so imperative that you spend time with God and you do actually know God. It's so, that's why, you know, what we do here when, we, when we're in his presence, when we're down, when we're laughing, when we're doing all these things, it's not frivolous. It's not, you know, the cream on top of the coffee. It's like this is actually encountering God on a deeper level that overrides your control. It overrides what you want to do, all of this stuff. It's encountering God on a deeper level. It's having the realness of God in your life. It's encountering the personality and the person of God. Um, that's why it's so important to spend time with him, to talk to him, because if you know God, you're going to trust him, because we don't trust strangers. You just don't. And if God's a stranger to you, you're not really going to, to, to trust him. And so it's the thing of like, if I know nothing else, I know you. Um, I had a dream just also as COVID was starting. And I don't really have like the whole big crazy Jesus dreams like some of my family do. And, um, 
I had this dream that I was sitting, it was the beginning of COVID, and I was sitting in this room, and there were all the current world leaders around this table, and I was sitting there like, and, okay. And there was this light, and they were coming up with this plan of how we're going to move the world forward. And they came up with this plan, they'd wrote, written it down, and someone handed me the paper, and I looked down, and there was this list of Bible verses. And I was like, amazing. But the last one was um, 1 Corinthians 2 2, which says, For I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that was the bottom line of this plan that they had made. And it stuck with me because, in a sense, that was, If I know nothing else, I know you. And it's a decided, for I have decided to know nothing else among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Crucified. So when we know nothing else, we decide, it's a choice, to know him, to know Christ, and to also know the love that crucified him. Mm-hmm. You know, it is to know, if I have decided to know nothing else except Jesus Christ and him crucified, the and him crucified is to know the love of God, because we know that nails didn't hold Jesus to the cross. You know, it's love did. He, he moved himself on one side of the lake to the other side, so he could have moved himself from one side of, you know, of, um, the cross all the way to like the Bahamas if he wanted to, but um, he didn't. He had the power to, but it was love that it was love that held him there. And you can trust the love of God. Um, so sometimes you don't want to let go because it might not happen the way you want it to, and you're afraid that God's way, not being your way, your timing, your plan, um, it might mess things up, and somehow you'll be left worse off. But the question I want to ask you is: that has, has that ever been the nature of God in your life? Has it ever, ever been the nature of, of God in your life? It's never, he's never been like that. He's not like that. Um, and we have to sometimes use what, who God has been in the past to project into the future and so you can identify the lies that the enemy is trying to, to sell you. And you can't let the enemy paint an ugly picture of a mean, distant, unfeeling or thoughtless God causing distrust and fear to rise up in your heart that actually withholds the trust you have in his love and then it binds you in fear. Um, if he was brutally tortured and killed for you and he was held to the cross by nothing but love and that this is the kind of love that, that when he looks at you, he remembers and feels, you can trust that love. Um, Romans 8.32, it says, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also um, with him graciously give us all things? And I think that if that doesn't build trust in your heart of like this is what he did for you so can't you trust him with that this is who he is can't you trust him with that and to really know your god to facilitate that kind of trust that's why it's so important to know your god and this is a kind of my my closing little bit i got together and i wrote down a couple of things of who god is to me and from the bible and from different verses and it's this know your god the God who created the universe by the word of his mouth, the God who shuts the mouths of lions, who parts the middle of seas. He's the God who provides bread in the desert and sends fire from the sky. The God who conquers kingdoms, enforces justice, obtains promises, quenches the power of fire. The God who is mighty in war and puts foreign armies to flight. The God who crumbles walls. The God who is seated far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion. The God above every name that has been named. The God who has put all things under his feet. The God who heals the sick, raises the dead, cleanses the lepers, and casts out demons. The God who speaks to me in my spirit, is praised by my friends. The God who has never left me and never will. The God who I know to be faithful and true. The God who loves me more than life itself. The God in whom I trust. That's who God is. 
and that's who we can trust. And if you trust God, it actually produces the peace in your life, and it's the peace that conquers the fear by a, like a byproduct of that. Mm. So, to end off, I wonder, this is one of my favorite verses ever, ever. In Psalm 18, I just think it's so powerful, so I'm just going to read it. I've got two verses. And it says, For who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? The God who has equipped equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer. He set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me a shield of your salvation. Your right hand has supported me and your gentleness has made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back until they were consumed. I thrust them through so that they were not able to rise and they fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle, and you've made those who rise up against me sink under me. And I just think um, that's just a picture. This is who God is. Therefore, this is who you are. Therefore, this is how your life can look, if you've got that order in, in the right. And if you look through um, you know, the famous thing of like, do not be anxious in Matthew 6. Do not be anxious about this. Do not be anxious about that. Like, look, at, look at God. Look at the lilies of the field. Look at all of these things. And at the end of that, it, it doesn't say, oh, you of little peace. It says, oh, you of little faith. Because um, if you have faith in God and you look at that, it inspires the peace. And it says, oh, you of little faith. Um, and after that, in, I think it's 33, it says, seek first the kingdom of God. So how do you get to that faith? It says, oh, if you of little faith. First, seek God, and all these things will be added to you. Know God, and all these things will be added to you. And if you go to verse um, 7, verse 7, it speaks about God being a good father. Like, if you know who God is, like, why do you think he would give you a stone? Why would he give you a snake? You know he's a good father. And if you go through to verse 24, chapter 7, verse 24, it speaks about the promise of storms, that there are storms that come. But it says that if you believe these words of mine, you will be as one that is a house that's built on the rock which means the storms will come, but you're not going to be affected. You're not going to be afraid of the storm. If you are in a house and there's a big old storm happening, if you trust your house, you're not going to be afraid of it. If you're living in a little cardboard box, maybe a little bit different. <laughs> but if you've built your house on the rock and you trust the Lord, you're not going to be afraid, even though storms will come. And then at the end of this, in verse 28, it says that um, it's sealed with authority. The people listening to Jesus speak this um, said, like he was speaking as one with authority and not like other scribes. So this is what he said. This is who I am. Don't be afraid. Seek me. Have faith. And this is it. And that was sealed with the authority of heaven. And lastly, Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Come on, so that's what I wanted to share. And I think I'd really like... First of all, just maybe spend a moment um, and just ask the Lord to highlight maybe if there's one or two areas that you've allowed distrust to creep in. If there's been areas of your life, maybe you can identify them of things that you're afraid of or something that's causing anxiety, something that's causing unrest in your spirit or something that you just know, like, I haven't fully given this over to the Lord or I haven't really had a conversation with you. I've, I've kept you out of this um, for whatever reason. And to begin a conversation with the Lord and possibly repent of distrust of the Lord. And then once again, just put your faith back in, in the kingdom.